Welcome to the Favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. I am your host. We are weeks away, weeks away from the start of the NFL season. We've got about 36, 35 days or so. For the next few weeks on the Favorites Podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays, me and my co-host, professional better, my companion, my colleague, my BFF, Simon Hunter. We'll be breaking down every single team in every single division in the NFL, team by team, since last season, how they improved, what are their future odds, what are their conference odds, what are their division odds, what are their win totals, how do we feel about each one, every single team. Think of it as 32 teams in 32 days. That's what we are headed towards, folks. Public service announcement before we even get started. We will spice in some college football uh, during the next few weeks, too, likely with our friends Colin Wilson and Stucky. And if you are looking for them, you got to download, you got to subscribe. They have started a brand newly named podcast, Big Bets on Campus, new feed in Apple Podcasts. Go subscribe, go rate, go review, go download, check it out. Same great podcast as when it was Action Network Colleges, only they're so big now, they needed their own feed. And don't think, you know, don't think they're not charging me for that, folks. All right. Simon, what's up, brother? Chad, how you doing, buddy? You living good? I feel really good. I do. I feel fantastic. Why are you looking at me like that? You're looking, oh, we're, we're doing this in a, in a video form. I am um, super excited today because it's been a long time since you and I just did this podcast without interlopers. It's facts, Chad. And uh, let's not say I'm not enjoying it. It's, it's a little more quiet, a little, more, a little less stressful knowing I'm, I have to like wait for someone else to talk. I have to worry about a chat. That's that's the best time of year when it's just me and you, buddy. It's just me, you and Matt Mitchell right now. And it does feel more relaxed. I actually as soon as I was logging on, I'm like, wow, there's no guests today. And well, I love having guests, um, knowing it's just going to be you and me going back and forth on football. It feels like the world is right. I do have to bring in Matt Mitchell now, though, just because now I really thought about it. How we've not asked him about this whole Buffalo Stadium thing. I mean, I would say of all the fan bases that identify with the football team in their city, Buffalo has got to be top five. I mean, that is a city for football. So what's the feeling, Matt Mitchell? What is the feeling knowing that it's looking like 100% will be taxpayers? I know you don't pay taxes in Buffalo, but are you worried right now about everything that's going on in Buffalo? Do you think that team really would leave? My buddies and I, Bills fans of a certain age, if the Bills announced they were leaving, would be like, oh, phew. One last thing, just one last thing in my life to have to care about so much and get so mad about. However, knowing they're not going to do that, it's an interesting situation because as someone that went to Bill's games a lot at that same stadium as a teen, uh, they were in really rough shape and were likely going to move before Doug Flutie came in after an 0-3 start and essentially saved the franchise and the team went from 0-3 to, to 10-6. and 6. Interest was renewed. And they ended up extending the lease with Erie County. 
I believe it was then Governor George Pataki ended up saving the franchise by doing the very clever thing of renaming the stadium after the owner so that he couldn't move. It was very clever. It worked. The argument's been the same for years that the stadium is not up to par and they've done some, they did some upgrades to them, but that was the argument in like 1999. And now that like 20 plus years have passed, me and a lot of other people are a lot less agitated that they want a new stadium because it's, it's certainly time. Uh, the stadium, I think, is, is lovely and provides a real advantage and has some nice amenities. But when you look in Las Vegas, and you look in L.A., and you look at these other stadiums, it's not comparable. I'm sure that there are no New York state politicians who are going to wait the, the 20 years it took for the bills to get good again and then let them leave. It's just not going to happen. So I'm confident a deal will get done, and I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll screw the taxpayers one way or the other. It's not impossible to believe that a team is entrenched in a community as the Bills could leave. They did an entire movie, a classic, classic movie about the Baltimore Colts being part of the fabric of the city. You can't think of a franchise from the 50s that was more emblematic of a city or the NFL than the Baltimore Colts, and they skipped town in the middle of the night. The Cleveland Browns, another franchise, as connected to the city as any franchise in any sport could possibly be years and years of championship level football with some of the greatest names in football history left Cleveland. It's just, there's no guarantee no matter how connected a team is or how identifiable it is with the city that it's going to stay. There's no guarantee. Am I a downer? Am I a realist? Am I someone who was so sophisticated in the business that I can see through the forest for the trees? Tell me. Austin, Texas wants the Bills. Have a great time. I can just transition all the way into becoming a black-hearted gambler and just become a Josh Allen fan and just lay, lay down that burden I've been carrying for 36 years. Would you pick up a new team? Fuck no. Absolutely not. Oh, it'd be so great to just not have to care, not get in a fight with my wife every Sunday. Be like, hey, in the middle of the afternoon, I need to watch this thing. I got to watch it the whole way through. I'm going to get real pissy during the whole thing. And until last year, by the end of it, I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really sour. Um, so no, I'm not looking to, uh, to, to pick up a new alternative to that. The bears are wide open. That's all I'm saying. They are, there is an appeal there. I'm much better at hiding any kind of emotion related to enormous and cruel gambling losses of which I have some every single day that I am at hiding my disdain for the bills when they try to ruin my life. Well, guess what, Simon? Today happens to be the day that we are going to talk about, I mentioned the Bears, the NFC North and the AFC North. And I want to start with the NFC North because that's where I believe some of the most interesting drama has been in the offseason. Obviously, any conversation with the NFC North has to start with the Packers. Uh, and the Packers are right now 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl behind the Chiefs and the Bucks. I am holding a Packers to win the Super Bowl ticket. They are, of course, odds on favorite to win the uh, conference. They are five and a half to one. I mean, odds on favorite to win the division, five and a half to one to win the conference. Any reason why anybody should bet the Packers at a conference level, a division level, or a Super Bowl level? 
Yeah, still love division value. Uh, I'm wrong. I'm on FanDuel right now. It's minus 155, which is great value for that division. Still, I think it opened when Aaron Rodgers announced he was coming back at minus 120, and the money just kept coming in on him. Uh, it's one of these where the Vikings are just one of the most hyped teams. Um, I would say I've talked to, I want to say, 13 different bookmakers at different sports books in New Jersey and Philadelphia. And their biggest liability for all of them is the Vikings over nine wins. No. Which, yeah. Very interesting. Like I, it, it's not just where it's a, a couple books. Like it wasn't just sugar house. It wasn't just, you know, it was all different books, all these different guys. Cause I like knowing that information. I, like, especially these guys, they like talking. I just was at, wondering who, what team do they notice people keep coming and betting and the Vikings over nine is again, one of the biggest bet things right now. So We'll see what uh, Action Network, I'm sure you guys are going to have some nerds on it. They'll be able to get us the actual data. But it sounds like it's going to be above 90% of the money is on that over. So just from that standpoint right there, I think people came in on the Vikings because they really did think Rodgers was leaving. Um, I had plenty of people message me. They thought they had good value on Minnesota, you know, plus 200 to win the North. Um, they bet it again when the whole thing came out that Rodgers retiring. Um, I'll have to look. Uh it dropped it dropped way down minnesota i remember it got down to maybe plus 140 at one point maybe plus 130 just because people really were drinking the kool-aid and for me when i look at this division i have them graded as a third team right now uh i have i do have the bears ahead of them so for me i love the the value on the packers at minus 155 and i love the the value on depends on your book you can bet the exact order of how each division will finish I actually really like this one. I think it's very simple where there's the good value in it, where the only two teams are going to flip up are the Bears and Vikings. I just don't see the Vikings anywhere near the same level as Green Bay. Green Bay has lost no one. They've only improved. So for me, I'm just looking at a division that the Bears have more upside. Justin Fields, he's going to win that job. We, we know he's going to win that job over Andy Dalton. We don't know if it's going to be week one. Maybe Andy Dalton will, you know, be fed to the Wolves against the Rams week one, and then they'll let Fields play the next game. But it's one of those where the Bears just have so much upside with that defense, what we know they have on offense, that I just see them as the second-best team in this division right now. Not the, the liability on the Vikings is one of the biggest over-liabilities that bookmakers are seeing that you've spoken to. Astonishing to me. What have they done since last January to improve so much to merit that kind of faith? I think it's a, a bunch of different things where you're going to have the number nerds saying, oh, they were really unlucky. They had an inexperienced defense last year, which is true. But like you just said, they haven't really done anything. Like they still have some of the worst cornerbacks in the league. They literally just cut our first round pick from last year. That was the cornerback. So it's a team that has a lot of holes. They really addressed. I know they've made a couple ads to their D line, but I don't think it's enough to address all their, their uh, needs. And in one of those, I think it's just people looking at the offense. People are saying, okay, Dalvin Cook in fantasy is a, what, a top five draft pick? Justin Jefferson's a top 10 receiver, and Adam Thielen's there. So I think it's one of those where people are kind of getting sucked in, just like last year, where they're thinking to themselves, the Vikings should be pretty good. Chad, we saw it. This Vikings team, especially Kirk Cousins, they fold up. It's one of these teams where as soon as people start believing, that, that's when they mess up. And, I mean, you know better than anyone. We, we got knocked out of survivor pool last year because we backed Kirk at home against I don't even remember it was was it Detroit or was it the Jaguars it was someone terrible that 
They were a big favorite against them, and they lost because Kirk Cousins just is not a consistent quarterback. So just looking at this, they look like a 9-8 and eight team. So it, it one of those, if I know I'm going to push, I always go towards the under. And the fact that so much of the public is heavy on the over, man, you really have to like this under win total for the, the Vikings team at 9. And so you, when you're saying that so much money is coming in on the Vikings, it's not that it's wise guy money. It's just bookmakers saying that a lot of the liability is, is on the Vikings. Uh, so that's why you would consider fading them. That is really interesting to me. I bet you wise guys did come in on it just because the Vikings, the people bought in on whatever was happening with Greenback. Like we saw the Denver line move like crazy. That wasn't just Joe public money. That was some pro money coming in on Denver because they thought they had good info that Aaron Rodgers was definitely going to Denver. It turned out to be BS, but that was where I took advantage like you did, where we got Green Bay 20 to 8 to 1, where there was just so much noise and we bet against it. Now it's working towards our favor. So again, these updated prices, it, it scares me that it's so low, that it's minus 155 with Green Bay. But I think it's just because there's been so much money on divisional bet on the Minnesota that the bookmakers don't need to move Green Bay that much. They haven't taken that much money yet to really have to move it. So, again, divisional odds, I think this is really good value still, minus 155 of Green Bay. I just have them grade out four high, four wins more than I do uh, the next closest team, which is the Bears. Like, I have them at 12, 12.5 wins where – you know, the Bears, I'm talking about taking their season win total over seven and a half. It's because I have them eight and a half wins. So it's one of those where I think the Bears are going to be better. But I just think Green Bay is so far ahead of every other team in this division. When you mention, uh, obviously, I want to dig in deeper on the Bears for a second. But of course. when you mention inside info and the wise guys, I have for some reason <laughs> gone into a deep, dark entourage rabbit hole on HBO Max. I don't know if it was if it was surfaced to me in whatever it was on HBO Max, but I started rewatching it. And um, last night I watched an episode where a, a relative or a buddy from Queens who was always on the inside track and always had all the inside information to make in cash comes out to California and convinces Turtle and Drama to go in uh, to buy a Sandy Koufax jersey from his Cy Young season for $50,000. And the reason he's convinced is because his dad uh, lives in the same facility, same complex as, as Sandy Koufax in Florida, loves Sandy Koufax, follows him wherever he goes, set to tea time for the same time as Sandy Koufax every single week, and is saying Sandy Koufax hasn't been at the tea time and hasn't left his apartment in four weeks. So he's convinced he should buy this now because Sandy Koufax is about to die. And so then he gets so upset, he can't do it. So drama and turtle buy it for 50 grand or even 60 grand. And uh, it turns out Sandy Koufax hasn't left his apartment because he's so upset because his dog died. That's inside information. That's when people think they have inside information. I'm telling you though, I pretty much deal the same kind of stuff. Chad. That's why I always tell you it's, it's sifting through the bullshit. It's one of the hardest things of being a professional. Like, again, when the Aaron Rodgers news came up with the retirement stuff, I was hitting up everyone I knew because I was like, okay, the line was moving on Minnesota. I said, someone knows something. Let me reach out to some professionals. And all the pros I talked to, it wasn't none of them. So it was just public money driving that line. That's why I like rarely would tweet out and say, all right, these people are full of shit. But I did with the Rodgers thing just because I knew pros weren't betting it. And 
unless they're getting information, they would pass that along. They wouldn't say, they wouldn't tell me they weren't betting it if they were really betting it. So it was one of those where I'll rarely call people out, but it was one of those I felt staunch and saying, okay, this is BS, Green Bay. Uh, I would calm down in Green Bay. Like Aaron Rodgers coming back, he's not retiring. And sure enough, the next day he came back and we saw the odds go from 28 to 1 to 12 to 1. So again, it's one of those people where I'm not going to say things just to say it. Rarely will I put my neck out there unless I know I'm going to be right. Because I don't want to look like an asshole either. So it was definitely one of those where I felt comfortable saying that I believe 0% that Rodgers is going to retire. And you were on the same boat. We talked for months that we weren't buying that. So it ended up working out for us big time. I'd caveat, you don't want to look like an asshole about this stuff. Generally, you're fine with it. The Packers, (laughs) before we get to the Bears, let me ask you this. All this conversation around the Packers has only been about Aaron Rodgers. You say 155, I'm seeing 165 to win the division. You think that's still good value. Uh, To win the NFC, they are, hold on, I'm looking in the app here, um, behind Tampa at about five and a half to one. And then I mentioned what they were to win the Super Bowl. So my question is, and that was uh, about 12 to one. Do you think since losing in the NFC title game last year, the Packers have improved enough. Like everything has been about Aaron Rodgers, but what about everything else? Like the, the, they were not a good enough team to advance last year. Have they improved enough elsewhere? So I always try to say to people that with football, the improvement stuff is important, but a lot of it comes down to just pure luck. So not, not just luck, but a lot of it does come down to that. So again, Tampa Bay, they were losing, I believe it was 14 to 10 to the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints were driving down the field late in the third quarter. Their tight end catches the ball. He gets hit. He fumbles. The Bucs pick it up. Tom Brady goes on to score, I think, back-to-back touchdowns. The Bucs beat the Saints. The Bucs go up to Green Bay. Green Bay is, you know, playing a good game. The, the Bucs scored at halftime, you know, right before half to get that touchdown. They end up winning the game by, I think it was five points or four points right at the end of the game. So it's one of those where Green Bay – they they haven't improved that much, but they haven't really not like they haven't lost any pieces. They, they still have Aaron Jones. They still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have Adams. Their defense is going to be improved off of what it was last year, just because, again, these guys have another year in that system where I'm not I'll be the first to tell you, I don't believe Green Bay is going to win the Super Bowl either. They, they're just one of these teams. They lose an the NFC championship game. It's one of these things they do. But I've given myself now a 28 to one ticket to hedge out on. And that's what that's all I'm doing here is I'm investing in future value. So I, I try to tell people my early lessons I learned, especially from Bob, was if you're betting a future, you don't want it to be worse than 20 to one. If you're going to give sports books your money to hold on to for six months, you might as well be getting pretty damn good odds. So, again, I don't hate them at 12 to one to win the Super Bowl, but you've kind of missed the boat. You've missed like, like we're talking about buying stock before we came on. It's like buying stock. You kind of, you're kind of buying it at peak right now where, I don't know, I, I wouldn't reinvest in it, but I would reinvest in their divisional odds because I still think that's a great number. Like I have them minus 200 for their division. So it's one of those where, of course, I, I like the odds at 12 to 1 for Green Bay, but it's one of those where I'm not going to tell people to bet it just because, again, we have such great odds. I feel bad telling someone to bet something at such worse odds than what I have. Like we're just, it's one of those where, okay, uh, what are the three best teams in NFC, in your opinion, Chad? Off the top of your head, are they in that three? Most likely, Green Bay is. So that's why it's one of those where you're going to have a future on, on that team at that kind of value, just because the odds of them finish top three is well above 50%. So it, it's one of those. That's why I play into that, that factor. So you mentioned the 28 to 1. 
before we came on the air, we were talking about investing in the stock market, you know, finding uh, peak value, all that kind of stuff. And this is why I can't, I would never be comfortable as someone who's investing in the stock market on my own, right? And it's similar to sports betting. I don't spend my day thinking about or looking at markets or getting alerts for markets. I wouldn't even know how to do the right searching for something like that. Same with sports betting. I was not thinking at 28 to one, I should be buying the Packers. I don't even know if I saw it at 28 to one. Are you just sitting at your computer? all Like when I'm at my computer, I am thinking about how we grow an action network. Honest to God. I know it sounds like completely corny, but I'm thinking, how are we growing this part of the business? How are we growing this part of the business? How are we growing this part of the business? How do they all work together? How is this platform as a content engine going to get bigger? Who are the talent that I want to hire? How do we want to put editors in a better position to succeed? How do we give Matt Mitchell more resources, right? That's what I'm thinking about. Chad Millman got something right. Are you just sitting at your computer and like, here's an alert on this, this future? How do you put yourself in a position to know when the market is going to meet what you think it should be? Life is all about time and what you're putting your time and energy into. Everyone has different interests, different things they're obsessed with. I am obsessed with getting the best of the number and finding value. So again, that's why I think New Jersey is the mecca of sports betting. It's the greatest place ever. I have 20 different apps on my phone. It's like a tick. Like say when you open your phone, when you wake up in the morning, you have a couple of things. The first thing you do, maybe you check the news, maybe you check Twitter. I always check sports books. Before I go to bed, I roll through sports books. When I wake up in the morning, I go through sports books. I'm always checking NFL lines. I'm always writing down too, where if I see a line I think is tasty, I'll write it down. I'll go check other books to see if I can get a better number or if I should just take that number I'm seeing. So it's definitely, um, I'm a creature of habit in that sense. Uh, like even in the off season, I'm always checking lines. And I joked when the season ends, I do delete a lot of apps because I just don't want to be betting. I, I, I like, I can't help it, but like, I, it feels like there's things that are never any values. And, um, I would say with the Green Bay, the 28 to one, that was actually Saturday night. That was the night I tweeted out. So I've already betted a couple of times. Like I got it at 33, 33 to one. I got them at 29 to one, but the 28 to one was just on FanDuel that night when I tweeted out. That's the reason why I keep giving that out because we are sponsored by FanDuel. But yeah, I have better lines elsewhere, but it, it was one of those where um, like someone DM me that night and asked me uh, why I was betting it. And I simply just said to them, because if Rodgers does come back, I think this will drop down to 16 to one or something like that. I didn't know it was going to go 12 to one, but I knew it was going to drop if he came back. So I was just simply playing the value where I was pretty sure this guy was coming back. So I'm playing that number, just like in the stock market, like you just talked about, where these guys, these inside inside traders, they know before we know Joe Public. And that's what I feel like my advantage is sports better. It's like I'm I'm able to get really good information if, um, again, a sports a sports betting group that I talked to, if they're reaching out to me saying, Hey, we're going to bet heavy on the Cleveland Browns tomorrow to win the AFC, you should bet it in the next 24 hours before the line moves. I'll bet it. And other people do that too. So there definitely is people reaching out to you, giving you information to bet where, you know, I might not believe in the Browns, but if I'm going to get the best of a number before it moves, I'm going to take that value. So it is definitely one of those where I'll bet on things I don't believe in, in the preseason simply because a, a person much smarter than me is telling me to bet it who I trust their opinion on that matter. So what you're saying is when I get up in the morning, instead of habitually checking the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and TikTok, I should immediately go uh, check out what the lines are 
and see if there are any opportunities. If I want to start really taking advantage of the sports betting markets, that's what I got to do. I got to change who I am. I would tell, I would say that that time's passed for you. You have me as a friend now, Chad. So you don't need to do that anymore. That's what Bingo. I'm doing. But for the people out friend, there, companion. <laughs> Uh, for the people out there, I would say if you want to get into this, all you should be doing is watching lines. It won't make sense to you right now, but the more you do it, the more you watch lines and you learn the rhythm of how the sports books work. Again, I think it's one of the biggest advantages I have is that I can spot an, a, a shady line, a terrible line or a trap line miles ahead because I've seen that before. And it's just like a second instinct. So for people out there listening, I would always be looking at lines. It's just one of those where it's never going to hurt you just to be checking out lines every day. So again, during the season, every morning you wake up, check the lines. And then before you go to bed, check the lines again on the upcoming week, because you'll see patterns and how they form on the different line movements. So it is one of those things where I wish people would do it more often watching the lines move. Can we talk about the bears right now? Please. We're going we're gonna to skip the Lions, the Lions or whatever. The only thing we know about the Lions is we're betting the under because they're anemic because all they do is eat kneecaps. Boom. <laughs> Call back from earlier in the week. Chicago it, Bears. Chicago Bears. You say their defense is going to be great. Ah. So give me your take on why you like them at over seven and a half wins. Clearly, you would think there is value on them to win the division because they are third behind the Vikings. Um, give me your take on how they have improved since the end of the season. And I would tell people to bet the division, but I'm going to wait for them to be 0-1 to start the year. And then I'll throw a little in that division. Cause it's, again, it's just really hard to see them winning that bears game with, I don't know. The Rams are just, they're, they're just seem like a more complete team right now. And the start week one against them, I don't know if it's going to be fields, but if that's a rookie making his first start against that defense, that's brutal. If it's Andy Dalton, that's even worse. We know what Andy Dalton is. He is. By the way, it's better. You know why? It accelerates the path to Justin Fields starting. Put Andy Dalton in against the Rams. Make him be terrible. And then and then everyone's going to be like, can we just get Justin Fields in there? That's going to be it. But, yeah, everything I, I'm hearing about the Bears I just love. Roquan Smith, uh, Khalil Mack, all these guys. Just talked about how last year was kind of like a disaster. And Clomax said himself, he didn't do enough last year. He didn't get to the quarterback enough. It's, it's just one of these teams that um, they left such a bad taste in so many people's mouth last year that that's why I want to buy them. It's, it's one of those where I'm, I'm trying to buy alone a team that people's last memories of them is just being bad. So for me, I, I look at this Bears team. You guys still have Allen Robinson at wide receiver. I think the running game will be improved. I don't know yet about the O-line. I'm going to need some time to figure that out because – your line still might be horrible, but again, Justin Fields guy ran a four, four That's, that's going to improve that offensive line pretty quick. If he can get out of the pocket and run. So it, it's just one of those where I love the upside of the bears. And I, I want people to wait though. Cause I think if you wait a week, if green Bay starts one and oh, they start on one, you might be able to get this at plus 600 plus 700 to win this division. So I would definitely wait on betting them to win this division. The bears do have like at every level on defense, a legitimate playmaker. I mean, you could see, and and with people returning from COVID, don't forget they have players who didn't play last year because of COVID. People returning from COVID, this could be a powerhouse of a defense, equivalent to what they had been a couple of years ago. Um, that is improvement just by virtue of players coming back from, from COVID and injury. Right. 
and and that's again we're gonna have a lot of talk about the covid stuff all throughout the season because i know people are really harping about that but if you check the bears are actually one of the teams that are highly vaccinated so again it's not that big of a worry for me with them with the whole covid thing and like you just said they have tons of like just not upside but i just think this defense was played so down last year because not they were out on mitch trubisky but it just seemed like they didn't play hard for him or nick Foles. like they kind of gave up towards the end of the season so I'm just hoping for a big bounce back and at seven and a half wins in this division, it just feels like a gimme. Like this is really good value on a team that is, has low expectations. Bears are one of the most highly vaccinated teams because the bears are brilliant as an organization. They believe in science and that's what you need to win a super bowl. And that's how you end up with Justin Fields as your quarterback. It's getting a little crazy in my home studio right now. We still have workers doing work on the house. They're moving around the house and they're getting uh, closer to my side of the house. So it's going to get a little noisy. It's freaking my dog out who has decided she can only deal with the workers by sitting in my office. And now she just keeps looking at me with sad eyes and kind of whining and getting barky. So it might happen in the middle of our podcast. I want people to understand. Go bears, bear down. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Uh, I'm going to bet that over seven and a half. I'm going to wait until week one, until Andy Dalton gets uh, brutalized against the Rams, and then I will probably bet on the Bears to win the division. AFC North, another fascinating division. I would say there are three incredibly fascinating divisions right now. NFC North, AFC North, NFC West. Those are, to me, are like the three divisions that really merit attention. So let's do the North today. Let's do AFC North because you have the Ravens who are a team from a Super Bowl perspective um, are very high in the list of odds to win the Super Bowl, um, favorites to win the Super Bowl. They're at 14 to one right behind them, by the way, Cleveland Browns, 16 to one. The Brownies have been taking some money because they were in the 20s maybe even a month ago. And you mentioned like people coming in on the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Wise guys coming in. That has been happening over and over. Give me your take on the Ravens. First, they are the odds on favorite to win the division. Uh, the Browns are second. Um, and they are both two teams that are amongst the leaders to win the Super Bowl. Give me your take on the Ravens first, please. Definitely one of these interest divisions where I didn't have a much of an advantage in it, where there wasn't like it wasn't as if this one team was a glaring like last year. We talked about Pittsburgh. We both took them a plus 300 in this division because that really stood out as a team that was undervalued, where my system had it pretty much at a 33, you know, 33 percent repeating uh, all these teams, you know, the Cleveland, the Steelers, the Ravens were all the same. It, it was kind of like, OK, these two teams are up the top like we see it again this year. But Pittsburgh was a lot closer last year. They just had a better O-line. They had a better defense. Where now Pittsburgh has regressed. So we see the odds. You know, the Ravens plus 120 on FanDuel right now. That makes sense. The, the Browns plus 160. Again, that makes sense for them as well. Where I I get the Ravens love where they still, I think they were 11-5 and five last year, even though Lamar had COVID. Like, that's pretty impressive. They were able to pull off that with everything they had going on. They lost two major players off their O-line last year. and. Of all the signings, I believe Justin Houston just signed there, correct? I have to look at my notes, but 
it's one of those where they need to prove their D-line, and that was a huge upgrade for them, getting a guy like that in free agency for that D-line. So for the Ravens to be favored in this division makes the most sense right now, but it's a team I will never put a Super Bowl futures on. I am – again, I love Lamar. I love the talent, but I will always be fading this guy in the playoffs. It, it's one of those where we've seen it time and time again. We saw it last year with the Bills. It's one of those where – you need to make a pass in the playoffs. You can't just run it the whole time. These teams are going to stack the line and force him to make a play. I know they brought in Sammy Watkins. Maybe, maybe that will be an upgrade to the wide receiving core. But for me, I just, I've, I've been going against Lamar in the playoffs, and it's worked out for me for three straight years. So it's one of those where if you had, if you had to make me take someone in this division right now, I'm going to take the Browns because I think they have the best value at plus 160. But it's one of those where, you know, I can't fault people for taking the Ravens. I just think Lamar's talent so out of this world, how good he is and how they run that offense to perfection around him. I, I completely understand why people are taking the Ravens and won this division. Because again, like I said, Lamar's talent, I mean, I, I can't knock it. The guy plays incredible, but just come playoff time, we've seen it. He's wilted every time. And now a word from our friends at FanDuel. One of the things I love about betting on FanDuel Sportsbook is you get more than one shot to swing for the fences. Right now, new and existing users can get up to $25 back in site credit each day. Just place a minimum five-leg baseball parlay, and if it falls one leg short, you get up to $25 back with parlay insurance. Oh my God, that is an unbelievable. I, that's not even in the script, but that is unbelievable to be able to come up one leg short and still get paid. I've been known to make a few baseball parlays during the summer. Gives me a chance for a big payout just to have a little fun on a summer afternoon. Looking at the odds tonight, I think I might tie the Mariners plus 155 into a few parlays. Plus, FanDuel has same game parlays, which are always a fun option. There's a reason FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types, and always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. In addition to the parlay insurance, if you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, new users can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with the promo code FAVORITES to get in on the action. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code FAVORITES. Must be 21 or over and present in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only for risk-free bet. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $25 per game. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and Virginia, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Let's get back to the show. Do you feel like the Browns or the Ravens have improved demonstrably since the end of the year? The, the Browns, everyone would argue, had one of the best drafts this past year. And I mean, that's just like who the hell really knows. But I'm, I'm with them on the sense I like they added a bunch of guys to their defense, which, again, they needed to improve. They had they had a couple of games. The one that really sticks out the Cowboys, I feel like they gave up 40 points to the Cowboys. Um, 
Cleveland has just a lot to to love to me. I, it's one of those where I love their style of play. Like I go back and watch their film, like just the same as I love watching the 49ers. I love teams with crazy running concepts. And Nick Chubb just got paid. Kareem Hunt to me is another guy. It's a top 10 running back. They have both those guys in that backfield. And the fact that, you know, Odell Beckham's coming back. Guy's a freak. He looks full go off and coming off an ACL tear. It just all lines up to me that this this will be the year the, the Browns make a run. So I actually haven't touched them for Super Bowl because I just I'm in this phase now where um again I just hate going against the Chiefs unless I'm getting crazy good odds. So right now in the AFC, I've made three Super Bowl futures. I have the Miami Dolphins and I have the Colts, which the Colts one's probably dead, and then I have the Chargers at 40 to 1. So it, it's one of those where I have teams I'm going to wait on. Like, I like the Bills. I'm going to wait on the Bills for Super Bowl futures. But for me, I'm just not going to do anyone else because it's so much respect to the Chiefs. So for right now, I have AFC champion. Uh, I have AFC ticket for the Browns at 1,000, uh, 10 to 1. So it's one of those where that's my play right now. I, I, I got them because they moved, I think, they're down to 7 to 1 to win the AFC. So it's one of those where I, I just took the value there, even though, you know, I get what people are going to come in. They're going to knock the Browns about how they play and how they got lucky last year. But I just don't view it that way. I just think it's a team that just keeps improving year in, year out. Yeah, you're spot on about the Browns. They've moved uh, down significantly to seven and a half to one. The Titans have also been movers lately just because of what you've mentioned about the Colts. Uh, You and I are both big on the Los Angeles Chargers. You're so right about the Browns defense last year. Remember that Bengals game? Remember that game early in the year? It was a shootout. And they, they they were running the ball, running the ball down the field, long touchdown run. And to to seal the win and give everyone the cover, and you knew Joe Burrow was going to go down the field for a meaningless backdoor cover. And you knew they weren't going to be able to stop him. And even if they wanted to stop him, they wouldn't be able to stop him. But in that scenario, they didn't. This was a team that for betters desperately needed to improve its defense for us to start getting comfortable betting on them with any real faith. Cause we bet a lot of, we bet a fuck ton of Browns games last year. And it's definitely one of those where like, I've rewatched that game with the chiefs. If Mahomes didn't get hurt, they're going to lose that game by 30. I mean, I think literally they were up 19 to three or something like that when Mahomes went out and then the Browns started coming back against Chad Henney and they still lost. Like people forget Chad Henney was able to get a first down against them and they lost that game. So I think it's one of those where I, I like, I like buying on these team Browns where they've seen the best. They know what it takes now. So I'm kind of banking on them improving the defensive side. But like you just said, that, that defense last year was bad. So again, we need this team to take a step a, a defensively need to take a step forward if they have any chance of making it to a Super Bowl. We always think about those teams that are underrated throughout the year that become the teams that we consistently bet on. Last year it was a lot of Browns, a lot of Broncos, a lot of Giants every fucking week. It felt like we were talking about the Giants. This year, you mentioned on Tuesday, this is going to become an Atlanta Falcons podcast. I agree that they're going to be one of those teams. The Bears are definitely going to be one of those teams. Um, What about the Cincinnati Bengals, who, by virtue of Joe Burrow coming back, adding 
weapons at receiver. Is this a team that doesn't get the love from the public that allows us to find opportunities to bet them week to week? So people are going to see this is going to be the fantasy community, the gambling community. All of them are going to love the Bengals because I think everyone's in the same boat where not that we feel bad for them, but they have just had a rough run. I mean, my whole lifetime, they have had a rough run. I mean, uh, the Andy Dalton era with Marvin Lewis, it, it feels like a bad dream. They're, they were like decent every year, but they would just lose in the first round. And they finally get Joe Burrow and he tears his ACL. And it's just one of these things where if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong for him. So I'm looking at this team and I've I tried to be nice about these things because I get it. It's August. People want to be happy, excited about their team. And like, I hate to be the one to shit on the Bengals right now. But fucking Zach Taylor, man. I do not like this coach. I do not believe in this coach. It was the same reason I, we took their under last year in win totals where I, I just did not trust Zach Taylor. And he's the kind of guy he does not make good second half adjustments to me. So, again, I, I love what they're doing there. I love like that they're, um, you know, trying to surround Joe Burrow with good offensive weapons. But I would have taken an offensive lineman. I know people are like, oh, you have to take Chase. I get that. But it, to me, it's just coming off of such a major injury. I'd rather have a stable left tackle for the next 10 years than these guys who they've been doing. They've just been, you know, signing guys or free agency or just plug and play where there's no real stability for me yet with this team, especially on the offensive line. So I'm staying away from the Bengals. I'm not touching them. Win total over. I'm not touching them for division. And a lot of people talk about Joe Burrow for comeback player of the year. I'm just not doing it because I just think this is one of these things where it's going to be a team that's not going to be good. It's it's a fun team to get excited about. I understand that. But you have a major, major injury for Joe Burrow and a head coach that is not good. It's just a recipe for disaster to me. So maybe next year when they have a new head coach, I'll be in on the Bengals. But for now, I, I am so out on them. You've never met somebody who believes more in building from the inside out than me. I am a firm believer in every single way you build something. You got to build the foundation first because you can't cycle the machine with everything else if you haven't got the group in there that is making the engine go. Right. I'm with you. I feel like the Bengals could be one of those teams that we fade every week in the second half. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those where, like last year, we started the year. We took them week one and week two to start the year last year because they were just undervalued. They, I, I remember they were like a three-and-a-half-point underdog to start the year. And then the next game, they were an underdog, um, like you said, against the Browns, and they backdoor covered it or something like that. So it, it's definitely one of those where I would love to take the Bengals, but they're now they're getting so much hype to coming into this year that, right, I might be fading them to start the year, but then I'm definitely going to be getting back in on them because it's going to be one of those where – you know, we're going to hit a point where they're going to be 10, 14 point underdogs in their division to, you know, the Ravens or the Browns. I mean, you know, Chad, we love taking those divisional games. So double digit dogs. So it's going to be one of those where we're definitely going to be on the Bengals, but I have no problem shitting on Zach Taylor. I just think he's an awful coach. All right. Well, I feel like we, for, for each division, we've identified the opportunity. There is opportunity in betting the Packers to win the AFC North at about minus 155, minus 165 opportunity to take the bears to uh, when I said the AFC North, I mean the NFC North for the Packers opportunity for the bears to win the division after week one, when they lose to the Rams, uh, 
Also opportunity to take the bears over seven and a half wins, no opportunity on any teams in that division at their Super Bowl odds, because it would be the Packers and they're already too low. In the AFC North, you like the way the division odds are. Best value probably on the Browns. Value has been bet out of the Browns to win the divi- to win the conference and win the Super Bowl uh, because it's already gone too low and the wise guys have steamed the market and that's what it's going to be. We're ignoring the Steelers. We're ignoring the Lions in each case because there's really nothing of value to say about either of them. And the Bengals are going to be shit out of luck no matter how good Joe Burrow is. Is that a good summary? Yeah. And uh, just to follow up, a lot of people have, um, have reached out about, like I was talking about QBs last episode. Um, people are understanding my big reason for my Tyson, Taysom Hill love, uh, just to clarify, is I get why people love Winston. But people forget he was thrown to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Okay, look at the Saints wide receivers that Mike Thomas is out now. This is just not an identity of a team that's going to be chucking the ball deep downfield with Jameis Winston. It's going to be one of these teams that they're going to be running with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. It's going to be a grinded out kind of team that focuses on their defense. So, again, Taysom Hill is over plus 220 to start week one for the Saints. I just think it's great value. I think too much of a – too much love for Jameis Winston, where they the, the people are really viewing him as if he's the same guy with the Buccaneers that threw for 5,000 yards, where, again, look at his offensive weapons in Tampa. Now look at his offensive weapons for the Saints. It's just – it's very different. So I, I just want people to understand here that there is really good value on Taysom Hill, not only in fantasy, but for just week one starter. It's still plus 200. Simon Hunter. You are a professional sports better, and you said about eight things today that made me realize you are playing a different game than the rest of us. And I love that. We'll be back. We're going to be back on Tuesday. Like I said, we're breaking down the entire NFL, plus we're going to sprinkle in some college football. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget. Go subscribe, rate, and review the new version of our Action Network College Football Betting Podcast with Stucky and Colin Wilson. Big Bets on Campus, a.k.a. BBOC. Until next time, love you. Love you.